How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops. Getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. What is this? What, what are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives. What, what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. It's the nightcap. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic. You know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. On WGR Sports Radio 550. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes. Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. All right. Joe DiBiase, Brendan Keeney here on the Nightcap, a brief edition of the Nightcap, leading you into Seahawks and Eagles. I actually just got off the phone with my brother. He's coming over to watch the game tonight. He is... We don't really talk about... He does Locked On Eagles for the Locked On Podcast Network, so he covers the team. And we very rarely have discussions about the Philadelphia Eagles. He launched right in on the ownership and the coach, and the situation at quarterback. Did you see the report from out of Philadelphia today on tonight's game? Yeah, that ownership said they want Jalen Hurts in. Basically, they want Carson Wentz to have a short leash. Yeah. What? I mean, this is something I almost wish I, I was more, I was older when the whole Flutie-Johnson situation came about. Because... Like, an owner stepping in and determining what you're doing at quarterback, I have no idea how I would feel about that. I think I would hate it. Unless I liked the backup, then maybe I wouldn't hate it. So I guess it would just be with whatever side I was on. If the owner was on the same side, I would like it. But that is crazy that the Eagles could be moving on from Carson Wentz uh, as early as tonight if he struggles. And, I mean, if he struggles, I wouldn't blame them. This is... The defense in Seattle that's on pace to allow the most passing yards ever. So if he struggles against that team that we just saw Josh Allen look like, you know, Peyton Manning against a couple of weeks ago, that everybody has been lighting up this season, if Wentz doesn't do it, I'd bench him too. I probably actually already would have benched him. So that's where I'm at on that situation. That is Monday Night Football tonight. Would you do the same? Well, unless you're an owner who thinks Jalen Hurts gives you a better chance of winning, and in which case I would not start Jalen Hurts because I'd want a better pick and not care about the fourth the uh, the, the fourth playoff seed with the right to get killed by the <laughs> second best team of the uh, NFC right? West. Yeah, give me the top pick. <laughs> I, they can, by the way, so all of the conversation about the Eagles and their quarterback situation, we'll talk Bills, by the way, but Monday Night Football tonight is Philadelphia-Seattle. All the conversation about, well, they're stuck with Wentz. And in a way, they are. They can trade him, though. They can't cut him because they will have $60 million in dead cap mm. if they just cut him. But 
it's still a big number, but if they trade him, it's $33 million. And that is a big number still, but you can survive a $33 million dead cap number. I think the Rams just had something similar to that with Todd Gurley. Uh, or Brandon, maybe it was Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks combined. And if you have a guy in a rookie contract, if it's a guy you draft, if it's Jalen Hurts, and you're spending 34 $35 million total on the quarterback position, like that's a thing teams do. You probably would like more of a sure thing, but you could manage that. Now, here's another thing. We, we've talked a couple weeks ago when, uh, when we were talking about the Dolphins and why the switch to Tua and all that. Um, yep. And one of the points that we brought up was that maybe the Dolphins realized that they were going to get probably get a really high draft pick with the Texans at that point being so low. And they needed to find out what Tua was before the draft mm-hmm. because they wouldn't it, it wouldn't be good if Tua was bad to waste capital when they could have drafted another quarterback in the Lawrence Fields Lance mold, right? Yep. Maybe this is the opportunity for Philadelphia. Your team is not good. If you get to the playoffs, like let's not pretend like you're going to be making some noise, right? No, definitely not. They're not. They're not beating Tampa Bay even at home. Right. They're not beating. Um, who else would they maybe play? The Rams or even the Cardinals. Like the- so a team with three wins right now, it would behoove them to mm. find out what they have in Jalen Hurts. If there's anything there, if there's not, all right, we're fully invested on getting a quarterback next year yeah. and, and next year's draft where they have three wins. They're going to have a high draft pick. Will it be high enough for them to land one of those three? I don't know, but there's been an expansion of the number of uh, quarterbacks who are now considered to be first round worthy talents. Mm-hmm. You know, the the BYU kid, uh, Mac Jones is playing Zach really Wilson well. Zach Wilson is the BYU Zach kid. Zach Wilson, yeah. thank you. You know, so uh, I don't know. I, I think. If you're the Eagles, you're not winning with Wentz, so why would you st- – we would be frustrated as you know people who follow the Bills if mm-hmm. they kept sticking with something that clearly is not working. Right. Yep, me too. Um, all right, so that is what's going on with the Eagles. That's who is on Monday Night Football tonight. If they win, they are in first place in the NFC East. The Giants are currently sitting in a playoff spot. They are the four seed in the NFC right now. So that game is coming up at 8.15. Coverage here in WGR starts in about 20 minutes. 803-0550 is the phone number. We've got a little time here to talk about yesterday's game, what it means for the rest of the season, if anything. I'm not really sure that it does. To me, it kind of furthers the the point that the Bills will win some games that they shouldn't. Like if they played if they played a stronger opponent in that spot. Like if that's the performance they put on at Bills Stadium against the Steelers in a couple of weeks, I don't think they're winning that football game. Or at least it will be close. Um, whereas it felt like they were controlling the Chargers. Like the result never felt like it was in total doubt to me. Right. Even when they were only up seven. So I think you got a little lucky that you were playing an inept coach and uh, an inept team in general that's running QB sneaks while their offensive line's in pass protection uh, at the end of the game. Then it's running with eight seconds left on the clock. So you got a little lucky with who your opponent was. But, I don't know, did they do anything to you bad enough that would make you worried about the rest of the season? Because to me, I've kind of... I'm kind of in the same exact spot I would have been last week. I think this team's going to win the division. I still question whether they can beat Kansas City or even Pittsburgh in a playoff game. Um, but I also am pretty sure that they are they're, they're at least a team that should be in the conversation in the AFC. Yeah, I, this definitely did not do anything to hurt my confidence moving forward in the Bills. Nothing at all. Like, like you said, the Bills were in control 
that entire game. And you know, and I I never really look at turnovers because I think on the whole turnovers are a fairly fluky stat that can come in bunches sometimes and sometimes we you know try to put too much emphasis on turnovers now they can really kill you in a season they can really kill you in a game but I don't I don't want to look at turnovers unless there's like a huge body of work to suggest otherwise yeah right and that was really the story of yesterday's game the Bills should have put the Chargers away but they had untimely turnovers right so it's like okay yeah, that stinks. Hold on to the ball. And I get the coach speak behind all of that. But, like, let's be real. The Bills were the better team. And I don't think yep. that was ever a doubt. They made uh, a, a runaway rookie of the year candidate, I think, in Justin Herbert. He's, he's a huge favorite right now. He, I can't yeah. even fathom anyone really being in that conversation now that Joe Burrow's out. Do you think you, you know who second is? Claypool. It's the guy the Bills traded the pick for, Justin Jefferson, or pick of Justin, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. But yeah, he's a he's a gonna, distant he's a distant second. Yeah, and you know Herbert put up some numbers, but he never really was awe-inspiring. No, I, th- like, I thought they played him extremely well. You saw flashes, like you could see that he's sure. a great quarterback. I but think you'll see flashes from most quarterbacks who suit up on a Sunday. Yeah. Like that that fastball touchdown pass to Keenan Allen. Sure. Like in that moment, I'm like, this guy really is for real. Now, I don't know how much to blame that loss on Herbert as much as the rest of the Chargers. I think the Bills defense maybe just had a really good day. You know, like they shut Keenan Allen down. Keenan Allen gets open more as much as anybody in the league. He's maybe the best route runner right there with like the Stephon Diggs of the world and Antonio Brown when he's at the height of his powers. Like those are like the top route runners in the league that I think of. And Keenan Allen's right there. And he ended up with his ten targets. Like he'll always get thrown the ball double digit times. And to hold him to four catches for forty yards, when by the way, it's not like he was being shadowed by Tredavious White. They right. definitely matched up a bunch of times yesterday but with Johnson yeah but the the Chargers move Allen into the slot he plays in the slot 48 percent of the time that's where Taron Johnson lives he had a really nice game probably his best game of the year in that you didn't really hear his name you know like if, if we notice oh, I Keenan love Allen when in the you slot, never hear a cornerback's name that's it. how I know Trey White unless has he's a good day. pick it's like Trey White on the team anymore I don't, <laughs> you know like what the heck right and like yesterday like they had a complete defensive performance to me like they were getting after the quarterback they had some good pass rushing the guy that I have thought of as an Achilles heel on the defense and AJ Klein had another really good game yeah. um Ed Oliver was getting in the backfield he did some stuff that didn't show up on the stat right on, on the stats Dan Orlovsky of ESPN was sharing a video today of him blowing up a run play in the backfield so Oliver had a nice game um the only thing that really went wrong for them on defense is they still just can't stop Hail Marys. And you know, I was it's funny cuz like back to my point, like it if anything this increased my confidence. They played a bad game against a capable offense. Maybe not the greatest coaching staff. In fact, it's definitely not the greatest coaching staff. I mean, the but, end of the game was insane. Listening to to Sal this morning on the Extra Point show, I think he made a great point. And I think you can say this about pretty much every aspect of Josh Allen's game this year is that the floor has been raised, right? You look at Bill's teams of the past three years under the the mm-hmm. eye of McDermott. The If the offense doesn't put up at least competent points, you are relying on your defense to be yep. elite. You no longer have to do that. And if the defense is coming around, then you can play a sloppy 
can't put them away sort of game against the Chargers and still not really have the game be in any sort of doubt. And I think that is an example of the floor being raised for this entire team. So even against a Steelers, if you're not at your best, maybe you have a chance. Yeah, and yesterday was... The margin of error is much greater now with this Bills team than Bills teams of the past. No, you're right, because it was sloppy. Like There were turnovers, they were not throwing the ball particularly well, and to be up for so much of that game, I mean, that's downright impressive. Now, they were. it was almost like a win that reminded me of last season. Like, this was a win they had last season. Josh Allen, maybe pedestrian production, but he didn't do anything to kill you. Like, he had a decent day. There was some rushing. You ran the ball pretty well, and you played great defense. Like, that was the 2019 Bills. But they still scored 27 points yesterday. They did. And that really was because the ground game came alive. And that's why yesterday doesn't really do anything to further convince me that not only are they can they beat the Chiefs, but are they the biggest threat in the conference of the Chiefs. I still think that they're right. Them and Pittsburgh are on the same bar in terms of that, but they didn't leapfrog the Steelers. because, And maybe they could have done that yesterday anyway. I don't think they're – like you're but, playing a 3-7 and seven team. I don't right. think that happens. Sure, right. Unless – no, you're right. That couldn't have happened. Even Herbert, like he put up big numbers, but he didn't kill you yesterday. Like it was a lot of numbers at the end of the game. I mean, 60 of it came on a 4th and 27 Hail Mary play. I honestly thought the Bills handled the Chargers better than I anticipated going into the game. I really was expecting a close back and forth Mm -hmm. Herbert and Allen going, uh, you know, punch for punch. And it just wasn't. uh, Really, the Bills took complete control. And as we've seen a lot this season, they let a team crawl back into the game. Yeah, and I I guess it does give me some confidence for, like, if they have to play a Titans or if they have to play a Ravens or a Cleveland Browns team in the first round of the playoffs or the second round, and those are all run-heavy teams that are built on running the football and defense. They're probably the best three of it in the conference. Now, I don't want to have to play that game. I think if I get matched up with any three of those teams, I want Josh Allen throwing the ball a bunch. Like I want them to win that game because Josh Allen wins it for them and because their passing offense cannot be stopped. But I guess it is nice to see that they can still win that, that kind of way. Because if they do get bogged down in a bad weather game or in a game where you know a Tennessee or a Baltimore is shutting them down through the air... Can they then turn to Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, ask them to control the clock a little bit, run efficiently like they did yesterday? They were a total 30 30 carries for 172 yards and a touchdown where the Bills rushing on the ground. I think if you run for almost 200 yards on the ground and you get an efficient day from Josh Allen, not an, an electric day, but like a good, a decent day where he doesn't kill you, like you can win one of those first couple playoff games, I think, even if he's having an off day. And that I guess that gives me a little more confidence that they won't just bomb out in the in the first round like they did last season. If if the defense comes to play, like I said before, the floor has been raised. The, the Bills offense a, a, a not a below average day for Josh Allen is still on par from for one of his better days from a season ago. Right? It is like it, we were we were upset with the Titans game, and he still threw for two hundred and sixty, two hundred and eighty yards, something yeah. like that. But you, a bad day this year for Josh Allen looks tremendously different than a bad day of Josh Allen in years past, and that's good, right? Definitely, and I agree with you. I do not want to get into a run game. 
if you're going to win in the playoffs, I think the way you have to, because every team is, is good in some sense in the playoffs, except for whoever comes out of the NFC East. But <laughs> it, in the AFC, at least, every team is going to be good. Every do you consider is, Cleveland good? I do. They're 8-3. Okay. and three. I consider them to be a good... They, they're, you know what they remind me of? They remind me Last of the 2019 years. Bills. They do. Yeah, they, they kind of remind me of that, too. They don't have the... 2019 Bills were a good team that didn't yeah. quite have the horses to compete with the, the top dogs. But they're still a good team, a team that could beat you. Yeah, the they, Browns beat the Bills last year. They have their running attack is so good that it maybe could even win them a playoff game. I don't see what. Well, I what guess, did the Titans I, do in the playoffs last year? I know, they ran it I know, down your throat. But that come on, was it not an anomaly? Like, come on. But but remember that we're not talking about the playoffs are not sixteen games anymore. It's one game at a time. You survive. Yeah. In advance, and anything—I don't want to say anything can happen—but you are more likely well, to see a quote-unquote anomaly when the sample size is much smaller, and that's what the playoffs is. Well, r- right now, what's funny is the Bills would play the Browns in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, and I'm not a huge fan of that matchup. I'm not—I don't remember if you were in with me last week when I when I did this on the show. But ranking teams the Bills could face in the first round, I think I had Cleveland second to Miami. Okay. Yeah, like, I like, would rather play Cleveland than Indianapolis or or Baltimore okay. or especially Tennessee. Like I feel like those teams, if they really need to, like I don't trust Phillip Rivers or Ryan Tannehill or Lamar Jackson to do it, but right. I feel like all those guys are capable of putting some big drives together in the fourth quarter. Exactly. Whereas I think if I get Baker Mayfield in a situation where he's down, I feel like I've won. Once, like completely. I don't, I, I, yesterday, did you see the missed touchdown he had? He had, a, he had a guy open for five seconds. He finally realized that he was tough. open, and he threw it five yards over his head. As a Baker he Mayfield shot. apologist, that was that was difficult. But still, the offense put up 29 points, right? 20, they did. Was it 29-27? Yeah. Kareem 28, Hunt. 26? Yeah, Kareem yeah. Hunt and Nick Chubb are just, I mean, I, I don't know if it's that close. That scares me a little one, bit because the Bills, off, the Bills run defense is not great. And so playing against one of these run-heavy teams pr- will present challenges. But... At the same time, I have a lot more faith in the Bills' offense to figure it out and get something going. And really, the Bills' offense this entire year has kind of proven that when it comes down to it and they need a score, Josh Allen is way more than capable of making that happen. And it's almost expected. I don't want to bank on that in the playoffs. I don't want to bank on that on a game-to-game basis. But Josh Allen, when when he has to manufacture a scoring drive does he do it more often than not yeah he really does and you know like yesterday's stat line like if you do look a little bit deeper he only attempted 24 passes i mean yeah he only threw for 150 yards but he only attempted 24 passes they didn't really need him to throw the ball 40 times and we're forgetting about a play right at the beginning of the game that was huge which was a bomb to Stephon Diggs down the field that turns pass into a pass interference and turns into their first touchdown. And just like so, Herbert's passing stats, he get they get inflated because he uh, yeah, threw for real, a Hail Mary. Real quick, we only have like a minute or two here. Are we worried about the Hail Mary defense? I, I feel like I still don't want to be, but possibly care less about their Hail Mary defense. If they are getting burned twice in a row by Hail Mary defense, you know what that means? It means they put themselves in a position the entire game where they should win. That's what it means. Are we sure we don't want to look it's up who the tallest free agent in the NFL is? <laughs> to be concerned about Hail Mary defense. 
I just, like, it could be a very simple solution. You know, like, all you got to do is knock the ball down, right? And I think you just probably got lucky. You, they, ju- The other teams just got lucky against you. I'm not really worried about it. DeAndre but, Hopkins was the better athlete in that situation. He made an amazing play. But it, what, what I'll say is, listen, the next time there's a Hail Mary situation, don't even mess around. Line Tremaine Edmonds up on the goal line. That's it. Like, have him be that offensive player that normally gets lined up back there just to knock the ball down. How about you don't rush three? That's another thing teams do is they blitz the quarterback. Why? Why, why would you? Pl- why would you allow the hell mary to happen if you yeah. send a full on blitz? You would have to. <laughs> you would have to have a ridiculous like yeah. hook and ladder. You know, Boise State against Oklahoma. You would need, play. Remember the Randy Moss play where he catches it at like the ten and the yeah, laterals. Yeah, and he laterals him. it to Welker. Yeah, you need something crazy like that, right? So why even present? Like I understand you wanting to all be down there, but if you don't even give the quarterback or the receivers time to get down to the end zone. Yeah. Then there's your there's your Hail so Mary defense. We've, we we we're working together here as the defensive coordinator. Brennan's gonna blitz all of the Bills up front, or he's gonna blitz a couple of extra ones, and then I'm just gonna all line up. Blitz. I'm gonna line up all the tallest players, all eleven uh, on the back. <laughs> Tyler Croft is six six. Go to the goal line. Tremaine Edmonds is six five. Go to the goal line. Tight second six eight. Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis is only six one. No, he's like six four, right? Bills list him as six two. Sorry. He looks taller than 6'2". I'm 6'2". I should go out there. Is Ty Inseki uh, capable of standing at the goal line? Because he's 6'8". See, this is what I'm like. I'm not I sure he's got enough lateral Don't movement. give a guy like Justin <laughs> Herbert or Kyler Murray, who have cannons for arms, the opportunity to throw a Hail Mary. Okay. You We're, know, like, to me, it's the pressure. Get the pressure on. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us. we got to run. Get you to Monday Night Football. We'll talk more about the Bills and the Chargers game in the next upcoming shows, Tuesday and Wednesday. Also, this potential Raven-Steelers game. I'll say quickly, fantasy ramifications. If you're in a league that doesn't allow replacement players where like you can't name a guy beforehand if a game gets canceled, you might be better off starting someone in Seattle-Philly tonight rather than messing around and just praying that that Pittsburgh-Baltimore game does end up happening. So just a little fantasy advice there. Um for tonight's game. Seahawks and Eagles coverage starts next here on WGR. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.